Didn't the choir do a great job today? So is look, I'm gonna tell you, I needed this. I needed it so, so badly to see us all together and to see the choir all together. You know, being in two services, which, by the way, uh, we still need to be in two services. There's no doubt that we need to be in two services. We have people sitting in the hallway uh, this morning. We've got folks sitting over in the choir room this morning. The choir can't come down. They've got to stay where they are. We're, we're full uh, all over the house, and uh, it's great. And it's great to tighten up and be together. And let me just say this. I'd like to see us do this just so we can know and be together at least four times a year until we can get to where we need to be be where we all can worship together. But we need to continue to stay into services in the Sunday morning hour. And uh, I'll have some more to say about that here in just a few moments. If you have your Bibles, however, let me encourage you to take them and open to Proverbs chapter number 29 in verse number 18. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. What's funny is uh, I'm so glad we're only having one service too for my voice. Uh, I was welcoming people as they came in. I'm sore from just saying hello to you today. Uh, it's absolutely incredible, uh, but I'm looking forward to getting back uh, in the routine and being with you this morning. Proverbs chapter number 29. Also, while you're finding your place in verse number 18, I really want to thank our preachers uh, and our pastors on staff for filling the pulpit. I don't just turn the pulpit over to just anybody, but we have some young men that God has his hand upon, that God has anointed and uh, is doing a tremendous and a great job with. And if you enjoyed our pastors that pre were preaching while I was away, would you just give them a hand right now to say thank you? Amen. Uh, it might surprise some of you uh, to hear me say something like this, but in regards to our staff, I meet with them regularly, and I, I want to encourage them to fulfill God's calling upon their life. And obviously, when you're investing in young men, in young men's lives who have a call from God on their lives, God is growing them and helping them to grow. And you begin to see as you're investing, investing in them and you're seeing as they are uh, pouring out what God is doing in them to you, you begin to see and realize that, man, God's going to use that young man or God's going to use that individual in a mighty way. We're not going to be able to hang on to them long or whatever the case may be. And uh, some of our guys that we're pouring our lives into in the next two to three years, they would love to pastor somewhere. And let me just say this, as far as the gospel is concerned, this is kingdom ministry. And if we can take those young men and invest many years in, in, of our lives into them and then send them off, man, we'll have a strong church for the kingdom of God and we'll be able to be a part of something like that. Now, some of you say, well, yeah, well, what if they take your job? Well, what if they do? To God be the glory. How about that? <laughs> Proverbs chapter number 29 let me show you a verse, verse number 18, a very familiar passage of Scripture to one, to one to which we all know. If you found your place and you're able to stand, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's Word? And then we'll sit down and pray, and I'll continue on. Notice what the Scripture says. Where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You may be seated this morning for prayer. When I think about this passage of Scripture before we pray, it's very important to know contextually as we're looking at this, he's speaking there of the law in saying those that keep the law. That was the vision of the day, was the law in the Old Testament. 
Thank God today that vision is grace. But the scripture is true and the principle holds true to which we're looking at today. Where there is no vision, and again, that vision in the Old Testament was the law. And if there was no law, then the Bible says the people perish. Now that word perish fits very well in this passage of scripture in regards to the law being that vision that the individuals had. The problem was that you couldn't keep the whole law. Uh, by trying to keep the whole law, all you proved was that you were a sinner in desperate need of something greater than the law. What we needed was grace. But the point that we find here in 2020 is that where there is no vision, the people perish. That is, the New King James says, cast off restraints. That is to say, people live however they want to live, do whatever they want to do. What's wrong is right, and what's right is wrong. And that is where we're at in our culture today. We need more than anything a very clear vision as to where we're going. And let me just say this in regards to the church. The vision has always been the same. Jesus has given us one vision, and that's to make disciples. We are to win the world to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how are we going to do that? Dear brothers and sisters, this morning I want to take what time that I have this morning and I want to give you what the Lord's given to me over these past many weeks on sabbatical in seeing where we need to focus, not just in 2020, but in years to come. Some of the things that I want to share with you today are things that won't happen this year, but I would love to see them happen in years to come. But would you join me as we ask God to bless this as we continue to move forward? Heavenly Father, thank you again for the Word of God. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts now and ask God that you'd do great and mighty things in our lives. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray that if there be one here today that doesn't know Christ as Savior, that today would be the day that they receive Jesus Christ and are saved. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me begin by saying Happy New Year. Uh, it has been a great, great time of sabbatical and rest. But today I want to start a journey by taking a fresh look at the church. Uh, I want us to look at who we are and what God has called us to do. In the following weeks, I want to be focusing on the book of Acts. And I want to preach a sermon series that I've entitled, Living with Biblical Clarity. We'll go back in time to the early church and use the gospel as a lens to ensure that we're the kind of church that Christ wants us to be. Every Sunday, the goal will be to present uh, to you and I the, the, the kind of church that Maysville Baptist Church needs to be in order to faithfully fulfill the mission that God has set before us in making disciples. Our evening services will be filled with the same shadow, with themes giving us practical ways that we can become that kind of church. As this new year begins, I want to encourage you to commit to being faithful to Maysville Baptist Church, to be faithful in your attendance during worship and Bible study. I want to invite you and ask you to go ahead and commit and put your yes on the table so that we can accomplish the ministries that God wants us to do in 2020 and in years to come. The one truth rings clear today. Together we can do more than when we can when we're all alone. That's why God has placed us here together. The church staff here at Maysville is committed to helping us use our gifts and talents so that we can bless the Lord and win one more to Jesus Christ. While on sabbatical, I, I traded in the pastor's position uh, for a chauffeur's position. 
I became Miriam's chauffeur. It was a joy to drive her back and forth uh, to the University of Georgia, or not the University of Georgia, University of North Georgia, as she was preparing for her final exams. I want to tell you how proud I am of my wife. She's worked so hard over these past uh, seven and eight years. Even in the midst of transition, when God called me to be uh, your pastor, she was in nursing school. I am so proud to uh, confess today and admit that she's going to be graduating in May. And I am tickled that this is her last senior semester. So I had the joy of being her chauffeur. Man, I drove her back and forth to her exams while uh, she prepared to take her final exams. I got to confess, the trips to the grocery store were so exciting. Uh, I feel full of hope for me. As a matter of fact, on one particular occasion, we pulled into the grocery store, and I found a park right beside the door. Oh, I was ecstatic. I pulled into that parking space. I shut off the vehicle. And as I exited the vehicle, and I got out and was walking towards the door. I noticed that the south entrance to, of the grocery stores, the doors were closed. It was a little later. They had closed that in, but you could still go in the other end. And so seeing that and wanting to make sure Miriam didn't go to that door as she was walking around the car, I reached behind to grab her hand to go the other direction, to go to the other door. And as I reached around, I, I saw her in my peripheral vision and I reached and I never could find her until I turned around and realized that at the same time when my wife was walking around the vehicle, a lady that I had never met before dressed in the same color outfit as my wife was doing everything that she could to dodge me on the way into the store my wife just laughed and apologized and of course I was so embarrassed we got through the checkout line it just so happened that she was checking out the same time we were and was heading out and Miriam turned to me and said you're gonna hold her hand on the way to the car I depended upon my peripheral vision when I needed to have a clear focus on where my wife was. The same rings true for our church. We need to make sure that we have a focused 2020 vision. And this morning, I want to give you several things, if I can, six things to be exact, that God has given me to share with you that I would love for us to focus on in 2020 and bleed over into the years to come. Number one, the first thing I want to point out is God spoke very clear to me over this past uh, several weeks that we need to focus on biblical worship. Biblical worship. I attended many church services during my sabbatical, and i got to say this. There's no place like Maysville Baptist Church. There's no place like this. What makes Maysville Maysville? I'll tell you what makes Maysville Maysville is we believe in biblical worship. We cannot waver on this point. We must come in here Sunday after Sunday and Sunday after Sunday with one, uh, with all of our hearts in tune and one accord to say this: We are here to worship God. This is about the worship of the Creator, and we need to have a biblical worship. Jesus told the lawyer that asked him, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Brothers and sisters, it is out of this love for God that worship is born. Worship at Maysville Baptist Church calls us to praise his name 
to love one another and to serve God with our whole heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. In worship, we strive to grow in our pursuit to glorify God. And we hope to grow uh, in this ministry to provide ways for people to exercise their gifts and talents and use them for the glory of God. In our worship service, you see many biblical elements that, that are expressed here. We have seen them today. Expressions like prayer. But might I add this? It's so vitally important that your pastor pray. And your pastor does pray. And he needs to pray. And I've prayed several times this morning. But I'm going to tell you what. We need to hear from your prayers. We need you to pray. Throughout the course of 2020 and over the time, uh, times of the future, I want to invite you personally. I will come to you and I will say, will you please lead in prayer for our offering? Or could you open our service with prayer? It's so vitally important that each one of us participate in prayer. Some might say, oh, I'm scared to death to do that. Look at all these people. Oh, dear brother and sister, do not fret. It's not something that's mandatory. But some of you have the gift of prayer. While I was on sabbatical, I went to a church, and uh, uh, the church is an hour and a half away, and I walked into the congregation, and it wasn't, it wasn't to the church I came from. I didn't attend that church, but I walked into another church there in, in, uh, in Carrollton, and as I was there, I was worshiping with Joe and Joanne, and they may be watching today, and I loved worshiping with y'all when I was with you, uh, Joanne and, and Joe. What a joy that was and and as I was worshiping I noticed a gentleman sitting on the front row and uh, I got up after the service and I walked up to shake his hand and his name is Gene and I, I said hey Gene and he turned in his eyes full of tears said hey Pastor Shane I said how are you doing brother he says oh I'm doing fine I said are you still praying for me he said every day and his wife was sitting beside him, and she turned, and she said, Pastor Shane, you've been gone for five years. I want you to know that it's not uncommon for my husband to wake up at 4, 3, and 4 o'clock a.m. in the morning. And he walks over to the window, and I can hear him, and he's calling out your name, asking God to help you. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, there are some prayer warriors in this church. And we need your prayers. And I want to encourage you to pray all the more. To stand in the gap so that we can continue to see God touch individuals' bodies. Like Kathy Shirley, who God is healing from her cancer. And as we're praying for Aunt Hera, that God would heal her with her cancer. I'm telling you what, God hears the prayers of his people. Amen. Number two, you also see praise through song. Didn't these songs bless your heart this morning? Oh, dear brothers and sisters, we need you to be a part of that. You say, well, there ain't no more room up there. It, would it be that God would move in such a mighty way that this whole stage would be full of singers that we would sing glory and praise to God Almighty? Don't let what you think to be a problem hinder you from being involved in what God's called you to do. God did not call you here at Maysville Baptist Church to sit and soak. He called you to serve. And some of you have got a gift of song, and you can sing, and you need to be singing. How about this? Number three, thanksgiving. You saw thanksgiving. We've been thankful for the goodness of God. We've saw the element of offering. As God has continued to bless, can you believe that our debt now is at $620,000? God is blessing in a mighty way. 
And then we need to continue to have solid biblical preaching in respect to focused biblical worship. Man, I was so discouraged as I went to one church. No Bibles. Didn't see one person with their Bible. It was 45 minutes before a verse was ever mentioned of Scripture when the service began. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with our culture and society today. We've turned from the Word of God. And if we want to have a solid church, we've got to have some biblical preaching. And dear brothers, as long as I'm pastor here, we're going to stay firm on expository-style preaching. Let the Word of God say what the Word of God's going to say. Let the world say what's wrong is right, what's wrong, what's right is wrong. But I'm telling you, God says what the truth is. And the truth is that God has given us a word, and this word is just as relevant today as it was the day that it was written. Confession. At the end of each service, we still need to have an altar call. We need to invite people to respond and move to the altars and express what God's called in their life. And dear brothers and sisters, none of this can, be, can happen, this focused biblical worship, without us serving. Man, we need servants. We need people to serve. Will you consider today how God would have you to serve in 2020? There needs to be a continued focus on biblical worship. Number two, let me give you a second one. The second thing God shared with me is that we need to focus on intentional spiritual growth. Intentional spiritual growth. Will you look at that person beside you and say, intentional spiritual growth? When Peter wrote 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2, listen to what he said. He said this to the people. He says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisies, all envies, all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. He says there's an intentional responsibility on your part to grow. And that responsibility is to lay aside. Dear brothers and sisters, I don't know what you're going through or what you've been through this week, but when we come in this place, may we lay it aside so that we can worship on focusing on Him and desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. There are three things I thought about when I thought about us in respect to intentional spiritual growth. I thought about this word. We need to be biblically literate. Biblically literate. Dear brothers and sisters, if you have your Bibles, let's make the devil mad. Would you lift them up real high and show the devil? Just shake it at the devil. Yeah, he, look, I'm telling you what, the Bible is still the Word of God. It's still what we need for direction in this life. It is still the truth without any mixture of error. And I want to challenge you this year. Every Sunday, bring your Bible to church. I don't care if you bring it electronically. That doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you and encouraging you, bring your Bibles to church. That's the only way we can be biblically literate. Number two, we also need to be theologically true. Theologically true. We are Maysville Baptist Church. We associate and affiliate and work with the Sarepta Baptist Association. We are in cooperation with the Georgia Baptist uh, Mission Board. And we are still members of the Southern Baptist Convention. And the reason why is because we believe the Word of God. And we believe that we can do together greater things than we can do independently alone. And as a Southern Baptist, uh, a lot of people say, man, I... I've been to that church. Y'all don't act like a bunch of Southern Baptists. 
Well, it doesn't, uh, the way you act just should not identify with whether or not you're a Southern Baptist or not. I'm going to tell you why I'm excited. Because Jesus saved my soul. Amen. That's why I'm excited. And I just believe we need to be excited. I need, if I'm to, I, I believe that if you can shout and holler and say, Go dogs, go tide, go tigers. Man, if you can say that, then you ought to be able to say, Go Jesus. Amen. And so in regards to this being theologically true, we're Southern Baptist. And we hold to Southern Baptist doctrine. And we may differ on the rapture and tribulations or things such as that, but I want to tell you one thing we cannot be divided on. And that is biblical inerrancy. The Word of God is the Word of God. And it does you no good for me to stand up and say, here are ten ways for you to have a happy marriage and not one time deal with the Word of God. No, if we're going to deal with having a, a happy marriage, we got to know what the Bible says about having a holy marriage. And so we need to be theologically true. And then number three, here's the third one, spiritually strong. I heard over the course of my sabbatical that young people are leaving the church by the droves across many different denominations. With a lack of commitment and scandal in churches every day, even moms and dads are speaking about a relationship with Christ, but only displaying religion. The problem is this. We are spiritually weak. And we need to strengthen our spiritual bodies. We must build our spiritual man and woman. How, how are we going to do that? I want to challenge each family, each and every born-again Christian today, to read through the Bible this year. I want to challenge you. Will you read through the Bible this year? That's the only way you'll be spiritually strong. Dear brothers and sisters, if there's going to be an intentional spiritual growth in your life and in my life, then we must be focused on biblical worship. We must be focused on intentional spiritual growth. But let me give you a third thing really quick, and I'm almost done. Number three, the third thing I want to talk about is having a focus on generous stewardship. Generous stewardship. In Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, there's a passage of Scripture that Jesus is speaking, and he says this. And he looked up, and he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor woman casting what she had, and it was two mites. And he said, of a truth I say to you, that this poor widow has cast more than they all. She gave everything that she had. Dear brothers and sisters, in regards to this issue, we know that everything belongs to the Lord. And it's with this thought in mind that it, in, it challenged me when I first became your pastor uh, over five years ago now to set a challenge before us in this regard. Pray and ask God what he would have you to give. I'm not asking you to give 10%. I'm asking you to pray and ask God what he wants you to give. And you responded. For some of you, God said give 2%. For some, God said give 3%. For some, God said give 12%. And you responded accordingly. I believe it's time now that we stepped up to the next challenge. And that is pray and ask God to increase what it is that he'd have you to give. Some of you still have never started giving to the church. You're missing a tremendous blessing by not giving back to Jesus what he's been so gracious to give to us. I want to encourage you today. Whatever percentage you're giving, pray and ask God, God, what would you have me increase that at this year? And be generous in your giving. 
I thought it was so funny that we went to one church and the pastor stood up and he said, and we're just sitting there. And he, the pastor said, well, it's time for the offering. And everyone began to cheer. Yay! Woo! People were whistling. I was looking around. I looked at Miriam. She looked at me. We smiled. I reached in my pocket and got some money. I wanted to be a part of that excitement. Giving ought to be exciting. That's even what Jesus said. The Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. I want to set this challenge forth today. In the coming year, I want to set aside 90 days, not starting today, but at some point this year, I want to set aside a 90-day challenge. And that 90-day challenge will be the generosity challenge. I want to challenge us for 90 days, if you've never gave, to be on board and challenge you to give for 90 days and see how God's going to bless you. It'll be amazing as to what God does. Now in regards to our debt, in our debt we are at $620,000. Man, it has gone down and it's going down very, very quickly. One of the things that benefited us when we first began paying off the debt was a challenge in the spring called the parable of the talents. How many of you remember that, the parable of the talents? The church gave you $5. That's right, yeah, we gave you $5. And we asked you to take that and go invest it. And we gave a period of time of investment, and then we said we want to take that investment, and whatever we made on that investment, we want to give that back to the Lord. We need to get back to that this year. Uh, we are so close to having the debt paid off that we need to get back in order to do that. And so let me encourage you that in the spring, as we approach springtime, don't be surprised when we see and focus on this issue of parable of the talents. And then also I'd like for us to pray and consider the chest of Joash. There's another passage of Scripture that talks about the chest of Joash where they gave uh, to the Lord. I'd like to participate in that in the fall. Dear brothers and sisters, God has blessed this church financially by your generous gift. And I praise God for that. Might I say, let us finish strong. One of the things I want to add this year, and I've already talked to Pastor uh, Mark about this, is I want to add on the third Sunday of every month in the refuge at 5.15 p.m., the third Sunday, 5.15, I want to add a business report that anyone who wants to come to see the report of the finances of the church, it'll give you a chance to see in a business form or a business report where we stand other than just seeing it in the bulletin. Let me encourage you to make note and think about that and be a part of what God is doing. It will greatly, greatly benefit for you to see how God is using you to bless this church. I think we need to focus on generous stewardship. We need to focus on intentional spiritual growth. We need to focus on biblical worship. But let me give you this fourth one very quickly. We need to focus this year and in years to come on radical hospitality. Radical hospitality. Again, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says this. Use hospitality one towards another without grudging. Dear brothers and sisters, I'm so grateful to report to you that here at Maysville Baptist Church, we are meeting some physical needs that exist in our community, and I am so encouraged by it. I praise God for our closed closet and what God's doing in and through our closed closet. But might I say this? You're needed for our closed closet. 
every time I drive by the clothes closet, I, I look out there and I see those two shopping bags and it's without fail, every time I drive by, those things are full. There is a great need in our community to continue that ministry. We don't need to let up. But I want to challenge you to be a part of what God's doing in our, food, in our, in our clothes closet. But not just our clothes closet, but also our food pantry. We have a food pantry that is available every month. We need your help. We want you to be involved in that food pantry. God is blessing and doing great things by meeting those physical needs. Brothers and sisters, we are called as the church to meet those needs. And I want more help in that area so that we can see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and we can reach this community. Dear brothers and sisters, how sad would it be for us to exist right here in Maysville and our community not even know we're here? No one should die within the shadow of our steeple not hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ in Maysville. God has put us in a strategic location. We have a campus in Jackson County and a campus in Banks County. That is no accident. God has got a plan for us. And dear brothers and sisters, we want to maximize the efficiency of that plan and make disciples. Let me give you one thing that I'd love to see us start over the next few years. I would love to see us have in this area a mobile clinic. What I'm speaking about here is this. Georgia is ranked as the worst state in the nation for maternal uh, mortality. Maternal, morta uh, maternal mortality measures the rate of deaths during pregnancy, childbirth, or in the following weeks. We have had rates as high as 40 deaths per 100,000 births right here in Georgia. Due to the lack of health care access, we have Amnesty International has found out that many of those deaths occurred due to a lack of health care access. At Maysville Baptist Church, God has given us resources to be able to partner with our Georgia Baptist Mission Board and help meet those needs through a mobile clinic. We need to look at that and see how we might be able to tap into that need so that we can reach our community for Jesus Christ and help our community get healthy physically as well as spiritually. But there's also not only some physical needs that we meet, there's some mental needs that need to be met as well. Did you know that one in every six Georgian adults is illiterate? That's 1.7 million people in the state of Georgia are illiterate. That's 63%. Or did you know that 63% of third graders cannot read at grade level? The Georgia Literary Commission, Literacy Commission tells us that many of these students will not graduate from high school. According to the Georgia Baptist Literacy Missions, two-thirds of students who do not read proficiently by the end of the fourth grade will likely end up in jail or on welfare. Sixty-three percent of third graders cannot read at grade level. Just last year, 820,000 Georgians uh, did not qualify for jobs because they did not have a high school diploma. It all resulted from that literary, literacy skills. The low literacy rate in adults are also 28% less likely to help health care coverage and 40% more likely to be unemployed. Our teachers who do an awesome job in our schools need the church to come alongside and help. 
Dear brothers and sisters, I want us to pray about how we can be involved more in our school systems to help our teachers, maybe after school programs to help these children learn how to read and get a, head, a leg up so that uh, Georgia will be the most literate and not the illiterate state, but the most literate state. And then I think about the social needs that we have in our state. There are some social needs that our Georgia Baptist Mission Board has asked us to come together and partner with them on. And those social needs are simply these. Did you know that Georgia ranks uh, in the top 10 states with the highest number of reported human trafficking? How sad it is to see, and we see it on social media, on our Facebook, where somebody has tried to take this child or that child. Even here, even in uh, Banks Crossing, have we had reports of people trying to kidnap children. Oh, brothers and sisters, we need a safe place here at Maysville Baptist Church where people are safe and we know that they're safe. Did you know that the average age of a child sold into human trafficking is 12 years old? Did you know where they get those children from? Most of the time they get the children from foster care. They get them out of the foster care system. Oh, listen to me, brothers and sisters. It was a great joy on December the 18th. It was a joy and a pleasure to be at the adoption of Naomi Lord. David and Holly Lord, as well as Kyle Lord, uh, is a wonderful family in our church, and I've invited them to join me on stage today to show and introduce to you their brand new addition to the family. I'm so grateful for David and Holly, and this is Naomi, and she is greatly embarrassed, and we all know, understand why. But Naomi got a new family. My heart was filled with such joy as I sat in that courtroom that day. And to hear that judge make the proclamation, the declaration, that this baby has a new name. And that last name is Lord. Naomi Lord. And now that Naomi Lord is a part of this family, I cannot wait to see what God's going to do as she hears the gospel and one day gives her heart and life to Jesus Christ. David, would you please share how difficult was it in the foster care system and do you recommend that? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, it really wasn't bad because we were truly blessed. With uh, We had three children and uh, Naomi was the last one. But um, it was truly a, a blessing. We did have some uh, 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 ups and downs, but uh, it was absolutely a blessing, and we're looking forward to what's going to happen. I want to challenge each and every one of us to pray as this family, as well as the Cox, are meeting and taking a lead and saying, Pastor, we want to try to spearhead in the church an opportunity to help educate our people on how they can be foster parents. And then I want to challenge you to prayerfully consider if God would have you be like the Lord family and adopt a child. Did you know that in the state of Georgia there are 14,000 children in foster care in Georgia? 14,000. In 2008, we only had 8,100 children in foster care. That number has climbed to over 14,000 this year. 
There are 350 children currently waiting to be adopted. Did you know that the average cost of adoption is ten dollars to $30,000? And people say, man, you know what? That is so expensive. And there are a lot of families that would say, I, I, I want to do it, but that is hindering me. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board, as well as Maysville Baptist Church, want to partner together to help educate and get us the help that we need in education as far as David and the Cox are concerned to help us navigate and see how we might be able to meet the needs of that cost so that we can see these children come out of foster care and have a mama and daddy and can be raised underneath the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're excited about what God's doing in this family, would you just praise the Lord and thank God for them? We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, David. I miss you. Amen. I love you. Love you guys. God bless you. They are now, they're saying, look, if you do this right, it's free. You can be free for adoption in foster care. So thank God for them. We definitely, definitely are grateful for them. And then let me give you this focus on radical hospitality. That's radical right there. Hospitality that moves into family. And then I want to talk to you about, if I could, passionate community. Here's the fifth one. I only have six, and I close very quickly with these last two. Passionate community. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 42, the Bible says this, And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in, pra and in prayers. Uh, in the month of December, at one of the churches that uh, we were, at many of the churches that we visited, always a term would pop up. It was always the term community. Community, community. There's this community group and that community group. Dear brothers and sisters, community now today, uh, we call here at Maysville Sunday School. We have two opportunities to be a part of community. Sunday School and Bible Study. Sunday School, right now, you've seen the red shirts walking around on who's your one. This year, we want to focus on seeing and recognizing and identifying who that one person is. And then being intentional in seeing that one person come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And to do a, a job, if we could, in reaching them with, with all that we can to see them come to Christ. I've invited this morning J.R. Bias, who is our chairman of the deacons, to come. I spoke with J.R. earlier this week. And I said, J.R., would you mind sharing with me and in the church about how you are passionately pursuing your one as he makes his way up here this morning, I've asked him to just share a brief testimony on how he's reaching his one. J.R. is uh, the top salesman at Mack Trucking and does a great job at that, uh, at that organization. I'm so grateful. I've been to his work. I've walked down the hallways. And I'm going to be honest with you, J.R., and I've said this privately, and I'm going to say it publicly as well. You're the pastor of Mack Trucking. It's absolutely amazing to me to walk in and to see how here's a man that loves what he does and loves the people that he does it with and ministers to them. Will you share with us how you're reaching your one? Yes. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, well, I know a lot of places where you work, you're not able to, uh, I guess, verbally speak the word of God to everyone. So the way I try to reach to, to the people that, that where I work is, is through just my walk and just throwing, you know, hints to them every now and then, you know, like uh, 
you know, good morning and how's your day? And I just thought, brother, it's raining, snowing or whatever. The weather's like I always say, I am blessed. God has given us a beautiful day today. It may be pouring down rain out there. It may create a conversation with someone like they look at you like, you know, but you put the word out there to them. Um, I've, I've been fortunate to, to work with a company that's allowed me to be able to witness to some of the people that work for us. And uh, usually what I try to do is just do what God tells you to do. I try to stay strong in my faith in the morning of reading the Bible every morning before I start my day. I think that's very important that you, that you stay in the Word and have your devotional time because without that, you're going to be lost. I mean, you, it's not a matter of saying the right thing. It's just about being the right person. If you walk in a godly manner, people see that. They're going to look at you. They're going to know that you're different. They're going to watch you. So you don't always have to say something. It's just being there for them and the way you act and the way you talk. You know, you don't have to participate in a lot of things that go on in a workplace, such as, you know, bad jokes. And it's the same way if you're in college, high school. It's all the same thing. You're around your peers, and there's a lot of peer pressure. But you got to stay strong in your faith. Don't participate in things that you know that is not godly. And when you get the opportunity to share with someone, take that opportunity. And if you do get them to come to church to share with you, don't just bring them, go back to work and forget about them. Continue to pray with them, pray for them. And what I like to do, and, and Pastor Shane knows this, and Pastor David is, is I got a gentleman that we've been praying for. I like to always get two or three men with me and we, pray for that particular person to ask the Lord to give us the guidance and, and leader of where we need to be with this person. And that's where we're at with the gentleman we have now that has been coming pretty regular here for the last two or three months. He's already invested in the Sunday school here, but he has not come down yet to accept Christ. But hey, we're praying for it and, and I believe it's, it's, it's short to come. And that's all you got to do is just stay faithful. And I, hey, I, tell you, if you don't have quiet time in the morning, if you don't do your devotion, you need to really look at yourself and really find time, make time to do that. And it's always better in the morning. Get up that extra 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever time it takes to start your day off right. And that way, hey, starting off with God's word is the best way to start any day. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Brother J.R. What a great opportunity to say, who is your one? Who's that one person that you're going to focus on? And man, I, I tell you, that is a great opportunity for 2020 to find one person and try to get them in church. Also, in, re in regards to this issue of passionate community, we also have our Bible studies. That is our Wednesday night Bible studies. We have a men's and a women's. And we've got several other things that happen on Wednesday nights in our youth ministry and college ministry. But let me encourage you to find out what God's doing here on Wednesday nights and get involved in that community. That community is vital to the health of your spiritual life in connecting and having that fellowship that one needs. Sunday school and Bible study. And then the sixth focus I want to give you this morning, and I close as we approach, uh, what time is it? 11.30. Can you believe that? 
Here's the sixth thing God showed me through my sabbatical that I think we need to focus on, and that's risk-taking missions. Risk-taking missions. Over these past five years, my goal has get to get this debt under control and win as many people to Jesus Christ as we possibly could. We've been averaging about over these, uh, not averaging, but through the years, over these past five years, we've seen approximately 400 plus people come to know Christ as Savior, as well as seeing the debt come down. But now my heart is beginning to turn. I want to finish strong on getting the debt paid off, and I never want to go in debt again. But I want us to put our eyes towards the gospel of Jesus Christ and to start participating in some risk-taking missions. You say, mean putting our lives on the line, Pastor? I mean putting our testimony on the lines. I mean sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'd love to see us do this in two ways. Number one, I'd love to see us do it by spotlighted giving. Spotlighted giving. So what do you mean, Pastor? I mean by spotlighting what you were able to do on some specific special offerings that we're going to have over the course of 2020. Offerings like Lottie Moon. We had a goal of $15,000. That's what we were asking for. And that $15,000 goes straight to the mission field. It buys vans and different types of, uh, of, of ministry uh, needs that the missionaries have. Goes straight to the field. Because of your emphasis on Lottie Moon and your prayer and your giving, we have exceeded over $20,000 to Lottie Moon. That is absolutely amazing what you're able to do. But not only do we want to spotlight that, but we want to spotlight this year the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. We want to again set a goal and ask God to meet that need and then celebrate as we spotlight what God's going to do. I want us to spotlight Mission Georgia. I want us to focus on meeting the needs in North America by confronting this poverty and the refugee crisis that we have, the foster care and adoption needs as we just spoke about, the human trafficking and the crisis response that we have as Georgia Baptist. As a Georgia Baptist uh, mission board uh, representative, it is vital that we win our state to Jesus Christ. And we win our state to Christ by focusing right where we are. And I also would like for us to spotlight our Sarepta Baptist Association. We have the greatest association in the state. Thank God for those 70 plus Baptist churches that come together to reach this nation or reach this uh, state for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This region needs us. Did you know that our Sarepta Baptist Association, and you participated in this, you sent $3,000 to buy coats to clothe kids in Pittsburgh. While I was on sabbatical, I got a report that the clothes that you were able to, the coats that you were able to buy, closed three hundred children in Pittsburgh during this winter time. That is to be celebrated and commended. You did wonderful in letting your gifts go towards the needs of those individuals in our Sarepta Baptist Association. We want to have spotlighted giving. And then lastly, we want to have specific going. What are you speaking of? I'm talking about there's some specific things we want to do this year, and it's already on the books. In fact, there are meetings today about this very thing. Chris Porter, our college student, uh, excuse me, our college pastor, is taking college students to Nepal July the 23rd through the 30th of 2020. He will be participating in water purification and sharing the gospel from door to door and house to house. 
He still has a few open spots. So far, there are seven going to Nepal. Dear brothers and sisters, if you're interested in, he says there are still spots open, and they're meeting today at 5 p.m. in the fellowship hall. Our student department. Our student department is working with one of my favorite missionaries, Kenneth Bellucci. He's preached in this pulpit before. He is one of the most on-fire evangelists in the Dominican Republic I've ever met. They'll be joining him on July the 11th through the 19th in 2020. There is also, if you would, an opportunity for you to participate in that today. Please see Justin if you haven't signed up for that already. And then let me tell you about one final opportunity that exists in our area right now. There is a movement out there in, Christian, in Christianity and through the Georgia Baptist Convention and our mission board called the Great Exchange. The Great Exchange is where we go and set up a tent on a college campus, offer water or different things like that, and answer questions about Christianity. Did you know that every year in the state of Georgia, hundreds of refugees from different nations come to this country to go to school? This year, there are 23,000 international students that are, will attend college right here in the state of Georgia. That's 23,000 uh, young adults from different countries, many of them closed countries, though the gospel's not there, some who have accepted Christ and are now here in this state looking for a place to worship. The Great Exchange is a great opportunity for us to get involved and get on college campuses and reach them for Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I know within, beyond any shadow of a doubt that as we focus on 2020 today, and in years to come, that there are some opportunities for us to take advantage of, not just in 2020, but also in years to come. I want to challenge each and every one of us to focus this year on biblical worship, intentional spiritual growth, generous stewardship, radical hospitality, passionate community, and risk-taking missions. Dear brothers and sisters, this is what God has called us to do. The church must be others-minded. We must reach this nation for Christ. We're living in such a day, and I close with this closing illustration, where I saw a post online, and I wanted to make sure I understood it correctly. And it was talking about how as a pastor, the article said I need to keep my mouth shut. I don't need to be so controversial. I don't need to be so divisive is the terms that it used. I just want to go on record and get this straight. You mean to tell me that we're living in a culture today where wrong is right and right is wrong, where we've redefined what biblical marriage actually is, where we have come alongside and says that every gender or anything you want to be gender-wise has not been given you by God but is your own choice. You mean to tell me that we're going to kill millions of babies every single day through the abortion mills that exist today? We're going to uh, allow freedom of speech to be squashed. And we're talking about this issue in our culture today where, where I can't say this or I can't say that or I can't tell this or I can't say that. And you want me to be tolerant in this kind of nation. I don't think so in regards to keeping my mouth shut. You see, brothers and sisters, I have to answer to a higher authority. 
one day I will stand before God and I will have to give an account as to why I said and did what I said and did. And dear brothers and sisters, I want to be able to say, dear God, Father in heaven, I did everything you said in your book. I want to follow this. Dear brothers and sisters, here we are in an election year. I'm telling you what's the truth. We need to make sure that everybody's registered to vote. We need to be saying, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I was fine. I was fine until you got to this part about being political. <laughs> man, I love it all. I, I love it, man. I love the missions. I love this. I love, but the political aspect of it, listen, they're taking our conservative nation away from us. And we have got to dig ourselves in the sand and say we will not be moved. We're a nation built on Judeo-Christian principles. It's built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the freedoms that we have are given by God and not man. And it's our responsibility to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. We can do it with God's help. With God's help, we can do it. And we've got to be spiritually strong to enter into 2020. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Man, I love you and I know you're with me. But I want us to buckle up. Because I'm telling you what, the fire's going to get hotter in this nation. And we are going to see, even today, did you, I heard on the radio this, and I've got to close. I'm so glad we started just one service and started as early as we did. I heard on the radio today, or not today, but this week. Did you know that in regards to churches across the entire nation, the United States, giving is down 1%. Not just with money, but with time and talent. It's down 1%. And the reason why it's down is because the laws have changed. The IRS tax laws have changed. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be ugly. And I know that there's, we give, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to give just to get, to get that uh, tax deduction. But that ain't the only reason I give. We do not give, and we're not, and listen, we're generous in our giving, not because we get a tax deduction, but because we love our Jesus. Because we love Him. So I want to challenge you today. When the preacher preaches on something controversial, know that he's just as uncomfortable about it as you are sitting there listening to it. He's just as uncomfortable preaching it. But bless God Almighty, I'm telling you, if we don't start talking about the hard things, and if we don't start confronting the difficult things, and we don't start calling sin, sin, and if we don't start recognizing and say, listen, in this regard, the freedoms that we have in the United States of America will not be taken lightly. We love and appreciate them, and we're going to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Everybody's welcome, but we're preaching the truth. Let's bow for prayer. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here today. and Maybe you've never, ever responded to a message like this. Maybe the Lord has been dealing with you in the area of eternity in your life. See, listen to me very carefully, brothers and sisters. We will spend an eternity somewhere. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. 
You will die one day and stand before God. Here's the question. What are you going to say to, to God when he says, what should I, why should I let you into my heaven? Why, why should I let you here? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You can be saved today. You can get to heaven not by joining the church, not by taking communion, not, not by going through some confirmation class or holding to some form of ritual. No, the way that you get to heaven, dear friend, is the Bible way, God's way. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Right where you're sitting this morning, would you do that? Whether you be in the choir room or out there in the lobby, in this room right here, or sitting in front of your computer screen or television, would you bow your head today? And will you say this? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Savior. And this morning I ask you to save my soul. I believe that you are the Messiah. And I confess my sin this morning. And I trust you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me.